Let's get started. Okay. We're hitting our 25th anniversary. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. Where are you going? Is what it is. Okay. So, now we're getting serious here. Because now we're like, this is, this is almost the end of the story. And uh, Korban Pesach is introduced to the Jewish people. And there's actually a lot of interesting um, differences between the first experience that happens in Mitzrayim and what we're told to do later on for, we call this Pesach Mitzrayim versus Pesach Doros, right? What happens in the, the Pesach that happens in, in Egypt itself the very first time and what's going to happen, what we're told to do later. What we're told to do later, I think a lot of, most of us know, right? When you're in Pesach, you... You know, have to eat Pesach Matzah Maror, etc. So we're going to do all those things. But there's something, there are a couple of, of, of details that are specifically given about Pesach Mitzrayim, which I think are interesting and raise some questions. You're back. Um, raise some questions about what exactly the message is supposed to be here um, for the very first, very first Pesach. So let's take a look in source number one. Um, it's Perak, Parshas Bo Perak Yudbeis, Shmos Perak Yudbeis. I just brought you one, one passage from the beginning, and then really the, the main conversation about Pesach Doros happens in Pesach Chaf Aleph through Chaf Dalet. So let's take a look at what the Torah tells us. So first of all, uh, Moshe Benu is told to tell Am Yisrael that on the 10th day of the month of Nisan, so you're going to tell the people to take ish which means what? Take a sheep for your house. your house. Right? Each household will take its own sheep. Fine. Okay. Um, that's not unique in the sense that in Pesach Doros, they're also going to take a, a sheep for their family, or if it's not just your family, your, your neighbors, etc. Fine. But what's unique about this time? To your house. Okay. The, the timing. Oh, okay. There's no halach on Pesach Doros that you have to take the sheep on the 10th day of the month. Right? Pe- Pesach, right, in the Torah, there's two different holidays. There's Chag Pesach and Chag HaMatzos. And Chag Pesach is actually what we call Arab Pesach. And that's the 14th. When they would actually shech the Korban Pesach. And then that night, on Chag HaMatzot, right, what we call Pesach, so they would actually have the Seder. Right? They would sit and eat the matzah, Pesach Matzah Mora, together with their group. Right, that year, and they were taken in four days before. Ah, so this year, this the very first year, they have to take it four days earlier, on specifically on the tenth day of the month. Okay, and that's that's unique to Pesach Mitzrayim. Okay, it's still not shach until the fourteenth. Okay, what else is a little bit unique to this story? Now we'll turn to now keep on going. And I'm not. I didn't skip because none of that information is important. Just only so much. We can do in one sitting, but but the the, the next three four psukim are the actual you know relate specifically to Pesach. There was also so now Moshe and the rest of that story. Hashem tells Moshe what to tell them, but then Moshe goes ahead and tells them. And when he tells them, he actually he actually adds a little bit what Hashem didn't tell him. Uh, so presumably Hashem had told him this, but he says Moshe calls the Knei he tells them, Mishchu Ukhu. That's a funny phrase. What does that phrase mean? Like the Meshach to continue? 
Lamshich is to continue. Limshoch is to pull. Okay, so I, pull, pull and take, pull and take. It's a funny like mishchu kru. We don't have that phrase. I don't think anywhere else. in... I mean, I, I don't have a photographic memory. I don't think most of Tanakh you see that phrase mishchu ukru. Pull and take, continue and take. To, uh, to see what that phrase means, it seems it has to mean something. Okay. And take for yourselves, tzon, and that's Moshe's repeating the same command, right? Take a sheep or a goat for your family, and you're going to shecht it for a korban Pesach. And then he says, you're going to take a, uh, a bunch, right, of hyssop, which is like branches, right? And, you, and you're going to dip them in the Blood, which is in a basket, some type of basin. You put the blood where? On the lintel. On the lintel. I wonder if any non-Jewish person knows that that thing is called a lintel, by the way. I guess like contractors. Contractors probably know. But she's probably more non-Jews who know than... But I'm saying, but like someone who's not in construction knows that that thing is called a lintel, right? A lintel and the the two doorposts. You're going to put the dam there. Good. Okay? And then what happens... And then you can't leave till the next morning. That happens to be, by the way, also not a halacha per se that applies to. For, for, let me ask you this. The doorpost, blood of the doorpost, is that only in Mitzrayim or is that forever? Mitzrayim. Only in Mitzrayim. Right? Never, that, that never happens again. My, my neighbors of my in-laws have, they put red things Very on their doorposts. Yeah, they did that <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It's, a ni- it's nice. It's so but we don't have to do it. Right, yeah, no, good. So, but we don't, but we don't do that, right? We don't do that anymore. Even in times of, they said make they would shech the korban They would not put the blood on the doorpost. They would not do that, right? So they they did that then. And by the way, we also they have a halacha. They're not allowed to leave the house, which was is not a halacha that we have by you know pesach the rose either, right? Such a thing that we don't have. To, we can't leave. You're, there's a halacha that you're not. So, you can't eat the korban pesach of two different groups. <laughs> if you start the korban pesach of one group, you can't then go to another group. Right, like as opposed right. to like uh, Purim Suda, which you can start with one group and then, right? But you can't do that when it comes to uh, Korban Pesach. But the halacha, you can't leave your house. There's no such halacha. The net of say you can't leave your house. We don't have such a rule. Fine. And then what happens? Hashem then go. It's Eretz time for us. What's going to happen? Hashem's going to go. He's going to come through Mitzrayim and see the blood on your doorposts. Upasach Hashem la Pesach, Hashem will pass over your your door. He won't allow the the whoever this angel or whoever it is who's going to come the the going to come to kill the firstborns won't go into your house. And you have to keep this halacha forever, which is actually a funny thing to say considering. We don't do it. It's not really true. A lot of things we don't do ever right. ever again, which is interesting. Fine, but that's just. A smattering, and most of the things that are different about, unique about Pesach Mitzrayim, and not the same when it comes to, you know, Pesach Doros. And the question, I think, to ask is, why? What are, what are these, all these different elements coming to do? What's the purpose? What's the goal of these different practices? Putting the, the blood in the doorpost, taking the taking the animal four days early. Um, what is mishchu ukhu? What does that mean? What is that phrase? Right? And what, and what is this, you know, you know now let's leave the house. Like what, what are these things about? And what, what's really, go, what's going on here? The night, before the night of the Seder, the night, the night that you leave Mitzrayim and in preparation for it. Like what is, what's, what, what's God trying to do the one, here? The like, connection I could see maybe is like, um, 
separating ourselves as a people and as a nation, like with the blood to say who we are and to, to separate, to acknowledge that we're different, but also and like taking, like we're, we're making ourselves a nation here. This is like the first step. What do you, what do you mean with, we're making ourselves? You're right. You're, so A, you're like, se- like so, 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 something of separation. <laughs> and taking others, you know, if people didn't, people would join together. So they had enough to eat the set. I don't know. It's like we're, we're saying we are separate people from you people. Okay. So one hand, it sounds like we're separating ourselves from them, mm-hmm. from the Egyptians. It's also just such a big test because, you know, the sheep were their gods. So it's like oh. if you're scared, that takes a big leap of faith to say, like, you know, you think you're going to get killed if you take their god and, do, and kill it and use its blood. So it's really showing your commitment. Why is the Shabbos before Pesach called Shabbat Hagadol? For this reason, because Shabbat Hagadol was the 10th day of Nisan, actually. And it was on that day, remember, they didn't have Hilchah Shabbos. So they didn't have the problem of like, you know, going and buy a, you know, take a goat and can you, can you walk a goat on Shabbos? Can you, okay, fine. But they, would, they, would, they went on, the, on that day, right? And, and they, took the, they took the seh that day and brought it to their house. And the seh, the sheep, was right, the Egyptian god. And the Egyptian would say to them, what are you doing with it? And they said, what do you mean? We're going to go slaughter it to my God. Right? And the Egyptians had to stand there and do nothing. And the Jews had to. Right? So there was Shabbat Hagadol. It was a big miracle in a certain sense that the people didn't get attacked for this. But the other way of looking at it is, it's Gadol in what way? In terms of our willingness to do it. Right? They weren't afraid. Right? They weren't afraid to do it. Okay, fine. So that, that might be one element of this. Right, that this this action, but it sounds to me like what you're what, what you're both pointing out is a certain like active role that the people are taking here. Right, it's the first time they're being asked to do anything. So take a look, take a look. Um, let's let's talk first about the mishchuchu. Like, what is this? Get rid of or release or pull and take. What what's happening here? So look at Rashi. Rashi says, "What's mishchuchu? Mishchu mishi yesh lo tzon yimshoch mishalo." Meaning, are, are, are synonyms in the sense that they're both telling me to do the same thing. They're telling me to get a sheep, right? Mishchu, take your own. If you have one, go, right? Pull take it, it over. take yeah. it over, bring it over. If you don't, go buy and if you don't, if you don't, then go buy one. Right? Those, those are your two options, basically, right? The, the Medrash does not, does not read it that way. Look at the Midrash in source number three. It says the Midrash, V'china tamotse Yisrael, Right? When the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim, they were Ovdi Right? And we find this a lot in the Midrashim about, you know, when there was time for them to cross with the Yamsuf, the angel said, why are you saving these ones and those ones? They're both Ovdi Right? There's a lot of this conversation that the Jewish people were not exactly, you know, in the uh, highest of the high places religiously or spiritually at that time. So the Amish were, were being over the Avodazar. Shanara Pazak says in Yecheskel, Ish es shkutse e nehem velo hishlichu. Referring to Amish then, Pazak says that they would, they would serve these disgusting things. So Amalak called Shbarach Moshe. So Hashem says to Moshe Abenu, Kozman she Yisrael ovdin le lokeit le lohei Mitzrayim, lo yigalu, as long as Amish Yisrael is serving the nations of, the, the gods of, of Egypt, they're not going to be redeemed. It's not going to happen. I could... I can send hail and locusts and blood and all those things. And that's all fine and good in terms of destroying the Egyptian economy and terms of making the Egyptians ready to let us go. But I'm not, it's not going to be activated until you guys are willing to step away from what is there. 
Leich v'amor lehen, sh'yanichu ma'aseyan harayin, v'lichpor avodas kachav, and tell them it's time to get rid of the Zara. Right, stop it already. Enough. Can you imagine, just pause for a second, this had to be said to them now? What? Why is that? They just watched, right? They just, they watched the Egyptians get destroyed by, by a God who's bringing miracles. We all say, like, I, uh, if only Hashem would wake me up each morning with a smile, right, then I would, uh, you know, I'd never speak Lashon Har again. And then I would dive in every day. And then I would, whatever, right? These people saw God, the Yad Hashem, Etzmet Kimhi, every single, they saw it for, for months on end. And God still has to come to motion and say, tell them it's time ready to stop with the Avodah Zarah. Okay. And this is what it means, Mishchu Ukhu Lachem. This is what it means, Mishchu Ukhu. Why? Klomar Mishchu Yedechem Yavodas Kochavim. Release. Mishchu here means pull, but pull, get rid of it. Right? Get, get rid of the Avodah Zarah. Ukhu Lachem Tzon. Right? It's, it's two directions. Right? Mishchu, get rid of the Avodah Zarah. Ukhu Lachem Tzon. And now take the Tzon. Mishachatu Eloheihem Shlamitzrayim Vasu Pasach. Like you said, and take the God of Mitzrayim and Shechte. Right? Happens to be also that the, the Zodiac, the sign of the Zodiac for Nisan is a ram. Same thing. Right? A need to destroy, to Shecht the ram, to Shecht the sheep, specifically now, a way of showing their willingness to get rid of the Avodah And then Hashem will pass over you. Fine. So there's like the, the, the step before anything happening is Mishchu Right? Chuck it. Get rid of it. Get rid of the Avodah Zarah and then, and then go ahead and take the Avodah take the, take the, I mean, it's actually, it's funny. The Avodah Zarah is the same object. So it's a funny... You can convert it from the thing that you deify to the thing that you use to serve the real God. So would a per- well, let me ask the question. Would a person actually have to physically be mishchu khu then? Not physically, but I think it's like a mental type of message. Right, it, it, well, almost as if, almost as if, yeah. I think the halacha. I think the halacha would have been, presumably, if anyone asked the most yeah, asked Moshe Shalat. I mean, I'm asking. What I'm saying is, we just said that the sheep is the avodah zara, and we're just saying the sheep is the right. So get rid of the avodah zara and take a sheep. Well, if the sheep was the avodah zara, so maybe they had sheep in their house already that they were using as avodah zara. Right. I can't imagine Hashem would want that. Yeah. So, but it was. Maybe there's a lesson to be learned there. It's like you you can make anything holy. Certainly today, certainly once the Torah is given, that would be impossible because any item that's used for a rosar has to be burned and destroyed. But the, the like, like a Sheirah tree is supposed to be destroyed. There's a specific mitzvah of to destroy, actually, to destroy... Uh, you know, <laughs> items above Avodah Zarah <laughs> to burn today. and destroy. What do you say? What do you say? Indian hair. Yeah. The, the, the women, they're young and weak. Women, they can make sure Indian Remember that story? When that came out, that was like a whole, whatever. My mom, my mom I was still pretty young. My mother told me a story. She was working in a, she was working in a place and, you know, that was a very, uh, everyone there were Shaytlach. So that day, it was like a Yeshivish place. And that day, when they came out with this thing that, that they thought all the Shaytlachs were coming from India and the hair was used for Avodah Zarah, that all of the women in the store, they all left, they all went home. Are you and took off their sheitlach and came back with with hechels. Really? Wow. It ended up being. It ended up being. They were able to explain why they. They were. It was they a preparation. It. it was in preparation right. for the avoda the temple, that they would cut their hair ahead of time. Yeah. 
so they ended up not uh, not being a problem. But but this is a real thing. It was a real thing. But anyways, but yes, but I'm just saying it's I found, I didn't think about it until as we're reading it. But like mishchukhu is would literally mean get rid of that sheep and go get another one. It's the same thing. It's the same item. It's the same item. Fine. <laughs> no, because they're probably, they're, at that point, look, I mean, at that point, there was no halacha right. about, you know, the some use for Avodah couldn't be used for, for, for a korban. So, right. I don't know. I don't know what they did. So we don't know what their sheep worship was like. It may have just been more of a mental thing than a physical practice. So, it might just be like, oh, we think, we think these things have godlike power. Okay, we'll kill it to ours. That's not like you've served it necessarily or used it as part of... Right, you know, right. But it could be... I just find it fascinating that it could be the same sheep right. in theory. I don't know if they did, but it, it, in theory it could be. So again, halakhically afterwards it couldn't be. But in, in that moment, mishchukhu could literally mean yeah. take the same one, shecht it to Yubon Shalom. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting to take a look. But fine. But, but clearly, right, that's clearly a, a, what's clearly happening here is a, a very active step. Right, that taking the sheep, and by the way, also so and fine. So you so, so you have to get rid of the old, take the the new, or maybe it's the same, but you're bringing it now and using it as for for Hashem instead of avodah zara. Good. Why on the tenth? As opposed to the thirteenth. The thirteenth. I know some of us like we need to prepare ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Others of us are last minute. Others of us are our last last minute type of Jews, like myself. So, like you know, why the tenth as opposed to the thirteenth? The sheep's more ready. It's not more ready. Gives you a lot of time to think about it. Gives you a lot of time to think about it. I mean, it's your door. It's my kids. But it's not in your door yet. It's not going to be in your door until the 14th. During the day. You're not going to check until the 14th. You're sitting there for four days. It's sitting there for four days. I mean, it's giving time for the Egyptians to see that you have sheep. Okay. Okay. So, and what do you think it sounded like? Well, you wanted out of your house after like a day with sheep. After all those days, right. Yes. But what do you think it sounded like in the neighborhoods? Right, with the, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Maybe they had sheep already, anyways. Yeah. Maybe that's not any different. Very but, noisy. But in theory, like it'd be very noisy. Zoo, like a petting zoo. But there's this build-up, perhaps. Maybe there's like a build-up going on here, right? For who? All the, in Israel or the Mitzrim, who were among them, to see what's going on and hear the sheep in their house and wonder, like, what's going to be next? Maybe both. Maybe both. I don't know. But let's see. But I have a couple more midrashim. I have Nechem Levitz has has all these these mechiltas, which I thought were really really interesting. That's where I got these, uh, and she also has them translated, which is nice. Uh, so take a look at source number four. Four. Source number four. The mechilta and source number four. You have it. You have a source yeah. number four. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. So says the mechilta as follows: Chodesh lehotzi Pesach Doros. Right. Specifically on the tenth, which is not the same. As Pesach Doros, right? The future Pesach Pesach Mitzray Mikchu BeAsoru Pesach Doros Mikchu Kolzman. Right. So this rule Besor Lechodesh is specifically going to be specifically for this Pesach. Okay, why? Uh, and so, source number five continues the Mechota. Zehu Lashon Bikur. What is the idea of taking it for ten day for t- on the tenth? It's an opportunity to do a 
Bikur, not like a visit, but an examination to, to take a look at the sheep, right? Shetaun Bikur Mimum Arba Yamim Kodum Shita. You needed to wait four days to make sure it doesn't have any mumimani, it doesn't have any you know, funny things in its eye or its ear, it's whatever, that it's totally whole and appropriate to be brought as the Korban. Right, so why did they have to wait four days? Mashalotziva came by Pesach Dor, which wasn't going to be true later on. That's a pasuk we, we call that in, in the Haggadah, right? That there's something to do with the blood, right? That the blood, you know, uh, of the korban. We're going to see. We're going talking about the blood of, of the bris milah. Becomes like a uh, something that is an important symbol. Let's see. So what happens? It became the time now, right? The time for Hashem to fulfill His promise. I promised Avram, right? I told you, I told you they're going to go to this place that's, that's not their place and it's going to be terrible, but then I almost, He also promised, I'm going to take them out. But they, they hadn't done anything. Right, they were, it was time to come out, but how is he going to take them out? They hadn't. They didn't have any mitzvahs to do for him to. So to do to what? Them now. What's that? But what's the assumption? They wanted any mitzvahs. To, to do tshuva. To warrant a rescue. To somehow warrant a rescue, right? They hadn't done anything. They were just sitting there. Except there was a promise. Okay, so it's funny, right? Well, who's, who's, so where in the Brisbane of does it say, it say you got to do something? Do something. Oh, right, that you have, to, you have something to have, you've done something, and that, that you now you want, the promise was you didn't take us out, but okay. So apparently there was some need for that. The Pazik says also, you were like literally naked, I mean, you have no mitzvahs, right? you, you had nothing. So Hashem gives them two mitzvahs. Dan Pesach, Vidamila shemalu baoso halayla. They did two things that night. They did korban pesach, and all the men got a gabris mila. Is this the first time anyone ever said that? Yeah, I never heard that. Okay, so so let's see. Okay, Shanamar. Ah, 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 good, 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 good. They were involved so much. They were like, stufin means they were like, like drenched in, in Avodah Zarah. So the idea of the, of the, of the, uh, of the korban is one mitzvah, and the korban and the and the bris milah is another mitzvah. So, according to the medrash, why do you need the tenth to take the korban? Well, if they were doing the, because then you're, because once you have the bris milah, you're not going out to get a sheep. Okay, so maybe, so, so maybe like they, they 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 give them more time to do both mitzvahs, right? So they had to do had to have time. Right. Fine. So Al Shech says that is crazy talk. He says, how can that be? He's, he attacks the Medrash, the Al-Shech. The Al-Shech is a Rishon, but he quotes, he attacks the Medrash. Vinei, he said, source number six. I've quoted already what he said in the Medrash. I learned different things, etc. Sorry. 
Meaning, the Dam Pesach is a Sur Meira. The Dam Pesach is get rid of the bad. Right? I'm shechting the Avodah Zarah. You could also argue the Dam Pesach is a Nasei Tov also, right? So it's sort of both in the same thing. But saying the Dam Pesach is really get rid of the bad. And the Dam is now an active positive thing to do. Okay. Shemizel Amandu. You have to get, take the, the Korban Pesach to get rid of the bad first. And then you can accept Hashem with something positive. Oh, it happens to be, I spoke about it in Shul a few weeks ago, that there are others who take the opposite approach. And they say that we, if, we, if we focus so much on the Surah Meirah, we're never going to get to that. I say that's the reason why Ephraim and Menashe, right, that, that Yaakov chooses Ephraim first and Menashe second. Because Ephraim was the Asayit. Menashe was like Yosef, like stay away from bad, run away from bad, run away from Asia's Potiphar. Menashe was like the Sumerah guy. And Ephraim was the Asayit. And so the Hasidim have said the divorce. So, yeah, so the Hasidim, it's actually true. The Hasidim, it's this throughout Hasidic literature, actually, is that Yaakov chooses Ephraim not as an individual, right? He chooses him for the Mahalach of Asayit. Because if, if you're waiting to get rid of all your bad, you're never going to get to the good, right? We're just going to get so caught up in the bad. But by the way, the Ashok says the opposite here. He says, no, he says the purpose of the Korban Pesach is get rid of the bad, and then the Dalmil is an Asetov. Okay, fine, and, that, and that's very nice. O Chenis, he says, so, She'ein Lomar, command Amrish Moshev. You can't say what it says in the Medrash. Shemol Yisrael Belayla, She'herichu Rech Pischo Shal Moshe, that they, that night, they did Brismila. She'achar Shemetzias HaGeula Tliya Bedavar, and that without it, they wouldn't have had the Geula. Meaning, he says, if you did it that night, they weren't ready yet. Like, so they hadn't done it yet. So I don't know. If you're waiting for the Mila, it's a little too late. Right? So, That's why you needed the four days. Why? They needed to do both. Why? You can't be weak. You can't feel like had, you know, everyone's had, all, all, all the, the men, the kids, etc. had this person. They're going to be, be sick. How many days does it take to feel really bad after Brismila? Three days. Right? That's why, that's why uh, Avram is on the third day that Hashem gets a visit. And that's why Shimon and Levi attack Shem on the third day. Right? So th- there's this three days thing. So how many days do they need to, to, to be ahead of time? Four days, Four. so it's done already. So everyone's starting to heal and feel better. Take care of the three days, feel better. And then you'll be ready to go. And to do the meal first, and then, and then take the Pesach. You can't do it. Meaning, could have said to me, who needs to take the Pesach first? And then do the Brismila. Just do the Brismila, and then pick up the Pesach on the, th- on the 13th. And just know, I had to start the process of Mishchu Kuat, get rid of the Avodah Zarah first, be in the process of doing that, and then I can go ahead do and do the Brismil of the Okay. Right. And that's what they did, and that's why he says they have this special rule of the, of the four days, is specifically for that amount of time, so they can do the they, they take the Korban Pesach, which is not just taking Korban Pesach, it's getting rid of the Avodah Zarah. It's preparing yourself to, to, to shecht of Odazara. Then they do the Asetov of Brismila, and now you're going to be ready on, on Pesach night. You've done both. Hashem says, I'm ready. You've done the Asetov. You've done the Asetov. You've now made yourself. So you're not all perfect and great. Right? They're still in a bad spot, as we know. When they get to, they go to the Yom Suf, they're still not all perfect. But they've 
they're on the way. Right? They're doing something now. They're becoming active. Right? In which case Hashem says, now I'm, I'm ready to take you out. Fine. So that's the four days. I never saw this pshat in the four days before this. This Sumer Rabbi Asetov. But it's, that's, it, it, does this explain at least a little bit why specifically Pesach Mitzrayim needs this pre, this? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's specifically during this time that they needed this preparation. We always do preparation for mitzvahs. Right. But they needed it more then than ever before. But or than, ever, than they ever would have needed it again. No, Matan Torah, it's also three days. They're supposed to separate, yes. clean their clothes, and right. it's the same, at least those two big events. Three days also. Right. Three days, right. Correct. Okay. Very good. Excellent. Um, it's actually three days which Moshe turns into four days. How does he? The, 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 Moshe actually adds a day, right? The truth is that the Torah isn't given on Vav Sivan, it's really given on Zion Sivan because Moshe adds an extra day. He says the people need one more extra day. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the conversation about, you know, why there's no date for Matan Torah, et cetera. But it actually, it's actually three days, it becomes four days, actually, as we're talking about it. Yeah. So there you go. Um, fine. So that's the, ten, that's the four days. What about the blood in the doorposts? Source number seven. Why are you putting blood in the doorposts? So when we, they put the blood in the doorposts, the Torah says, hadam lachem la'os. It's going to be a sign. Okay? Says Rashi, lachem la'os velo la'achayim la'os. Why does it say, hadam lachem la'os? It's going to be for you a sign. Who's it a sign for? I thought. Well, we would have thought the malachamavet or whatever it is to know that they're doing mitzvot and so not to destroy them. And, and but, can, can that's the whole, and the Pazik says that. The mashchis, will, whoever we'll was going to see it, it and, and then, then Hashem will see it and won't allow the mashchis to do it, right? right? So it sounds like it's something I'm putting out there for someone else to see. Right. But the Pazik says, okay. no, la'os. says Rashi, something wild. La'os, la'os. It's for you, not for anybody else. Where was the blood in the doorpost? On the inside of the doorpost. Totally messed up. Good thing they were moving, right? But they put, so Rash, according to Rashi, the blood was not put on the outside of the house. Well, what's the difference from the Malchamavis? It's not for like a bunch right. of Egyptians. Okay. Change the Ten Commandments, maybe. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, only, and that family cost you, reason. and that family cost you Malos who puts it on the outside, right? But according to, according to Rashi, at least, right? I don't know that everybody agrees with this, but according to Rashi, at least, this is, it's not for the outside, it's for the inside. What is the symbolism, right? Of the dam being on the inside of the house instead of being on the outside of the house. I think it's fascinating. Well, I, I mean... What's going on here in this whole it's, process? It's causing B'nai Israel to consciously and actively connect themselves to God in a very physical... And mental and way. personal and way. Personal way, right? I'm this sitting with not, my family. Anybody else? Right. I'm Our sitting with family. my family in my house. Yeah. If I have a big enough family to eat a whole carbon pesach, it's just my family, right? If it's not, if I'm not big enough, so then it's my family and my next door neighbor, right? But like, it's basically just my family inside, can't leave, right? I, before that, everyone did something pretty dramatic. Got a bris milah. They did something pretty dramatic. They took the 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 sheep and brought it into their house where they kept it in their house. Right? This is not like Moshe Rabbeinu working as, you know, you're not like watching the inauguration. 
right? This is a very personal, you know, one-on-one or one family at a time activity, right? I'm sure the kids wanted to like get a turn, right? Like this is, this was, right? This is like not, this is, this is all hands on deck, right? This is very, very, very practical, very involved, physically involved with their own bodies even for some of them, right? It's a very active participation going on here. Right? This is no longer sit back in Goshen and wait for Hashem to, to bring Barat on the midstream. It's totally different. Right? Also, because on the outside of the doors, they're not seeing it. It's but not even for the Egyptians anymore. There. It's not in their face. Yeah. They're not sticking in their face. It's not, huh, see? Yeah. But taking, and, and by the way, taking the, the Korban Pesach from the Egyptians mm-hmm. is also not to stick it in their face. Mm-hmm. That's not the goal. Right? It's all directed this way. It's all internal. It's like, it reminds me of like when, um, you know, like all the times like Moshe had to like keep his arms raised to remind everyone to look up to Hashem. It's not about the hands. It's about the... Right. It's right. like, look up. It's right. Like the, and also it's at the top of the door frame. You're still looking right. It's never, about, it's never about the things. It's never about the stuff. Right. It's always about what those things mean. Right. But here the, the imagery is very much in, directed internally. <laughs> well, if they did, you know, we'd have like the kosher, the kosher, you know, sponge people would make a kosher doorpost or something, like and they'd, they'd figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, yeah, it would like, yeah, it would, yeah, you'd buy it and like put it up. It'd be disposable afterwards. Yeah, but you're right, Baruch Hashem, we don't do it anymore. So, t- so check this out. So take a look. The, the Kedis Yitzchak in source number eight. So he, he relates to this this same idea, and he says like this. Fascinating. Also, look what's underlined. He says, "Chalila, sheyehi adam hazel lo yitbarach ketikvat hashani el beit rachav." What's the beit rachav? Right, the story of Rachav, right, the woman who let the spies in the times of Yeshua, and she's gonna put that that string. Her. She's gonna at that, the window. At the window. So no, she needs to spare her family and whoever is. So they so they, they need to see that like the oncoming army needs to see it because if they don't see it, then they they're not gonna know. Who to save, right? So that's not what this is. Says okay, so that's not like right, we play this game with our kid, like Khalila, he says, that your bonus needs needs our right, it doesn't need that, right? And like Hamosh Amru Khazala, Khemlaos, Lola Khemlaos, right? This is nothing to do obviously has to do with your bonus because it's us, it's what we're doing for him. But it has nothing to do with him, he doesn't need it, right? Amr Shi la chem hadama zelaos, bris bilvavchem, beni benechem. I'll see it in your houses, right? That's all true, right? But it has nothing to do with Hashem seeing it. Which underlined, and he commanded to do the Pesach Why is he getting rid of chametz? Right, right. What is the language of chametz? What's chametz all about? Chametz is, is, is sorsha beisa. That's all about the the yitzhara. Right, the destruction of chametz as part of this process. What does it do anything? That's again. That's not. A, it's a physical action which is reflective. That every single person has to go get rid of their chametz. Right, it's a reflective personal thing to do. That's what this was about. This was not in any way. I mean. It, it, but it's something Hashem needed to see. Yeah, he did. He needed to see us do it. But it was something that we, we had to do ourselves. Right? Take a look at the Aksav Kabbalah. Source number nine. And we're almost done. So he says like this. The Israelites themselves 
responsible in part for deferring their own redemption. First, they had to be purified and showed by some outstanding act of self-sacrifice that they had repented on their way, of their ways. If they were willing to place their lives in danger in order to carry out the wishes of the Almighty, that would be a true token of their love of God, meaning going out to get the, the sheep. Consequently, God commanded them to slay the Egyptian God under conditions of the widest publicity. First, they had to procure the lamb, lead it through the streets without fear of Egyptian reaction. Second, to slaughter it by family by family in groups. And finally, they had to sprinkle its blood on the doorpost for every Egyptian passerby to see. See, the Safa Kabbalah thinks it's on the outside. Right? Braving the vengeance of their former persecutors. Right? Their fulfillment of every detail of this rite would be a proof of their complete faith in God. In the words of the, sage, of the sages, the blood would be a token to you, not to others. Lachem. So he argues Lachem is your your willingness to do it, your investment, right? That you're willing to do this, right? But check out the Mechota, which is awesome, an awesome way to kind of, to kind of close here. Hi, Rabbi Shmuel Omer, source number 10. Hello, ve'aloha kol, galoi lefanav, Hashem sees everything. What does he need this, the, the, the blood for, right? So, so look at the second to third line. Umat ha'malom ev'ra'isi yasad, Hashem's going to see the blood. Ela b'schar mitzvah she'atem osim ani nigla v'chasa leichem, because I see what you did. Ve'ra'isi yasadam, Ro'e ani dam akedasa sha yitzchak. What does that mean? What does the case yitzchak mean in this case? It means I'll see the blood, meaning I'm going to see that you've learned the lesson of, of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. You know what it means to sacrifice with me. You know what it means to involve yourself personally, right, in, in, in being invested in this relationship. Once I see the dam on the doorpost, I know it's about, I, I remember the dam of akedas yitzchak. Because now I know that you're in. Now I know you're in, says Hashem. So what's amazing is that at the end of the day, with this whole process, these four days, four or five days, day 10 to day 14, leading to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, what it transforms the whole experience from this 10 months of Hashem takes care. Etzbel Okimi. He just destroys the Mitzrayim and all of a sudden it becomes totally reflective, totally an experience, not of watching Hashem, but you've watched it now, guys. What are you going to do about it? Is if you want to leave, I need to see your involvement. Right? And if you're going to do that, then I'm in. And then I'm ready to see, to, to see you go. Because there has to be that switch. If there's not going to be that switch, then what's going to happen after? How's it going to be meaningful for them? Or what's, that life, what's that life going to be like if it's just sitting and watching Hashem? That's not, that's not, that's not what it's going to be like going forward. No, it's no longer going to be about miracles and signs and wonders. That's not going to be our life. Our life is going to be what we, what we invest. And so Hashem turns the, t- makes them turn that corner before they leave. So that as they head out, they recognize, at the end of the day, what Hashem is about me. It's about my willingness to sacrifice, my willingness to give, my willingness to do. Yeah, sometimes it's embarrassing. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes it makes my living room messy. Right? Like whatever it's going to be, parts of it that are hard. But when I do that, that then, then, you know, then we're ready for the real life that's going to come afterwards. I think it's very cool. Okay. All right.